You know, I think this is the first time uh, like saying this, but I just, you know, for the past year and a half, uh, my family has been through a trying time. And I just wanted to publicly say thanks for all those that supported us uh, with prayer and encouragement generally. And tonight, uh, the message that I want to preach tonight is um, I'd like to dedicate this message to my wife. I wouldn't introduce her because everybody here knows her already. Uh, it's not intended to glorify my wife, but is, I mean, to God be the glory. But it's just something I wanted to share, and it's something that I have learned from the, the, um, the experience we had, or the, the trial we had for the past almost two years. And then also through the, the trial, it showed me, you know, how much more you could trust God. It brought us closer as a family to God. And then one thing that it showed me a lot is the extent of my wife's faith. And so this evening, I'd like to share uh, this message. Um, I trust that it will be a blessing to everyone that is here. Acts chapter 13, we did not look at the scripture yet, but you could keep you could keep um you can keep your, your fingers there. It's the only scripture I'd have you look at in the Bible. And um we'd 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 go along with that. So tonight, just before we start, we'll look at we'll do some grammar, right? You know, not grandmother grammar, but English grammar. So we'd look at this word here. The word is but. Right? Everybody familiar with that word. Right? And in the English, grammar but is a conjunction. Uh, you know, as Pastor Jimmy say, we are getting old. So I'm just trying to rewind your mind back to school days. I don't know if they use conjunction today because I know the school system has changed up so much. But but is a conjunction. Right? We'll get to the definition, but anybody, layman terms, want to just make a try where is the definition for but as a conjunction? Well, definition of conjunction, sorry. Say again? Right, very good. So, but is a conjunction, and let me forget the brackets for the while, with a difference, right? So, as Sister Paula said, is a word used to connect or join clauses or sentences or to coordinate words in the same clause or sentence with a difference, right? Now, another conjunction, a real familiar one, is what? And, somebody say, right, Jeremiah, right? Now, and is a likewise conjunction, but it doesn't carry the same impact as but. But is always of the contrary opinion. Not only does it add additional information, but it also changes the impression and impact given by that which follows its use. Now, that must be was a university um, explanation there. <laughs> So let me bring it on now. Let me explain it, right? For example, what, what we mean by but always gives the contrary opinion. All right, let me look at Anne. Like if I say Leah has very long hair and she is very pretty. You see, it, it continued, right? It's, it was around the same opinion, right? She had long hair and she's very pretty. But let me look at but now. What but does do with a contrary opinion? Like if I say, Juma, sorry, so I say, 
That was intentional. But the, what I was really wanted to say was, what I was really wanted to say is, Zuma likes to eat, but he doesn't eat meat, right? So, that, <laughs> you see, it it was it was going along eat, but he doesn't eat. Contrary, right? I have a next one just in case you didn't understand. Nick, I mean Rick, is a very good mason, but he cannot even lift a block, right? <laughs> so you understand, but the contrary. But I had one more, just in case you didn't understand. Jimmy, sorry, sorry. Timmy exercises every day, but he is still fat, right? <laughs> Contrary. <laughs> now, I should have made a disclaimer and said anybody here with the same name or nothing is just coincidental. I didn't mean. Anyway, so everybody understand that but is a conjunction with a difference, right? It always makes the sentence go to a contrary opinion, right? The but keeps buttoning to change the whole situation. So we get back to the word but. Tonight, I'd like to place that conjunction next to the only person that can make a difference. And who's that person? Very good. But God. Now there are a number of two-worded phrases found in the word of God. Phrases such as healed all, gathered in, cast out, raised up, and pulled down. But God, when viewed in relation to the challenges of life, it stands totally opposed to the roar of this world. Let me show you that. But God says yes, the world says no. But God says can, the world says won't. But God says stop. The world says stop, but God says go. The world says don't, but God says do. The world says defeat, but God says victory. No more a powerful conjunction is, fall, is found in the scriptures. These two words tonight would climb any mountain, cross any river, traverse any valley, and give you a new song to sing at midnight. And for the next few minutes, trust not to be long, I'd like to talk to you on this topic, but God. Now, tonight I'm, I'm going to give you a story. Just as, you know, I've preached in the past and I give you a story. And you have to listen. You have to really pay attention to the story to get it. There will be a lot of verses in the past. I've preached on stories but not really did a, a, a presentation for it. This is my first presentation more or less with a story. There are a lot of verses, so I will put the verses on the screen. So you wouldn't have to turn. So bear with me because I have to concentrate on this and concentrate on the story at the same time. Amen? Right? If you hear something you like, you should say amen. It means a lot to me. And before we say anything else, I'll, let's look to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, eternal God, Lord, again, we are thankful for tonight. We are thankful for everybody represented here. Father, we pray that as we look into your word at this time, Father, have me to say nothing else than you would want me to say. Bless your people and be with us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, there was one time a young lady that would dedicate her every move and action towards her Lord, Jesus Christ. 
She would try her best to be at church every time there was a church service. She would try to be of utmost assistance to the simplest thing that she could do for God. She wanted to be at her full potential for anything when it came to doing something towards the work of the Lord. But one day, she visited the doctor because she had a pain in her neck. And after a tremendous examination, an x-ray and ultrasound of the neck, the doctor finds a mass or a lump or, or extra tissue in her neck that caused her pain. And the doctor said to her, Mom, I can't explain how that lump got there. And she said, you don't know and I don't know, but God knows. And then the doctor said, Mom, I don't know exactly what is causing your pain in there. She said, you don't know and I don't know, but God knows. And the doctor, with a beginning of a puzzling look on his face, he started to explain the procedures to her of dealing with that neck mass or extra tissue or lump, whatever you want to call it, on her neck. And he then asked her, are you prepared to deal with this? She said, I am not prepared, but God is a shield for me, my glory and the lift up of my head. He then said to her, you will have to undergo a surgery to remove that tissue mass. But before we do that, we'd have some tests we need to do. And we'd have to make sure that area of tissue is not cancerous. If it is cancerous, you would have to have it removed and maybe seek cancer treatment after. He then asks, are you aware of any physical problems or sickness or allergies that you may have? With shock, she paused for a moment, but replied, no, I have none that I know of, but God will have mercy on me, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Then with an increasing perplexed look on his face, the doctor asks, are you sure you are prepared for this? She replied, doctor, I may not look prepared, but God will be merciful unto me and raise me up. The doctor then got up and said, ma'am, are you listening to me? I am telling you that you may have to undergo a surgery that may affect the entire future of your livelihood, your bodily functions, even your physical appearance. And all you do is talk about some God. She said, Doctor, though my flesh and my heart fail it, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Mom, are you listening to yourself? Your body may be going downward. This is serious. You need to be prepared physically and mentally. And everything I say to you or ask you, you keep saying, but, but, God. She shouted with a teardrop running down her cheek. Yes, doctor, I believe in God. He's my everything. He's my shield. He's my rock. He's my deliverer. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. The doctor with a frustrated look on his face then said, Mom, I don't understand your non-responsiveness and trust in this God that you are relying on. I am explaining to you your reality and you are speaking to me about your spirituality. The young lady was then taken into a lab to have various tests done. And as she sat awaiting the doctor to bring her results, she whispered a poem, and it went like this. I know not, but God knows. O blessed rest from fear. 
All my unfolding days to him are plain and clear. I am anxious and puzzled. Why? From doubt or dread that grows, I find answers in his thought. I know not, but God knows. She then saw the doctor walking towards her. It was as though the steps he took as he approached her pounded on her chest as her assuming fear of the results wandered through her mind. The moment arrived and it was as though she heard nothing he said before and nothing he said after. But he said, ma'am, indeed, we have tested the tissue samples and it has proven that your, the mass is cancerous. You would definitely have to undergo surgery so that I can remove the mass tissue from your neck before it is too late. And she replied, okay. The doctor said, this is very serious. No, I'm telling you that you have cancer cells spreading out through your body. You don't seem to be worried and all you say is okay. Does it matter to you? Does it not disturb you? She then said, yes, it does. But God is my defense. God is the rock of my refuge. The doctor then said, Mom, would you for once take me seriously? Cancer has been a human killer for decades. If it doesn't kill you, it will change your life for the rest of your life. What about your children? Do you have any? Would you like to leave them behind? I am pleading with you. You have a life-threatening disease. And can you for one moment be serious about it. She then said to the doctor, For God knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are grass, as a flower of the field. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone. And the place thereof shall it not know more. But God's mercy is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him. And his righteousness unto children's children. The doctor began to become enraged. And he said, Mom, I'm just about to have it with you. You are the first patient I've ever had that has treated such a serious sickness with such trivial care. Do you really believe that God of yours can take away your cancer and cure you? I mean, he is not here. He is not doing the surgery. I am doing the surgery. And when I am done, I cannot take away your cancer. And she then said, yes, you are right, doctor. You cannot do that. You cannot cure my cancer. Because with men, this is impossible. But with God, it is possible. God can take away my cancer. Yes, everything in my life is to do with my God. Yes, I really believe that my God can cure me. You can go ahead and do what you need to be do what you think needs to be done. But God will do what you cannot do. He will do the rest. Amen. The doctor said, Mom, this is the last thing I have to discuss with you. It is the cost. It is the cost attached to this surgery that you have to do. The breakdown of the expenses. I have seen the deposit. I have checked and saw that you have only paid a portion. And you would be required to pay off the balance just after the surgery. Can I ask you right now if you have any idea where or how you would pay off that balance? And she cried, Doctor, I have not a clue where I would get the remaining portion of money from to settle the balance. But my God, shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory. 
The doctor then said, Mom, that is it. I have had it with you and this God. Everything you have said to me is about this God. Everything you imagine is about this God. Everything I, you think about, everything you say is about this God. Who is this God anyway? She took a deep breath. And she stood up with a heart-fainted voice. And she started telling him these things. She replied, it's the same God that created man back in the Garden of Eden out of the dust of the ground. It's the same God that told Noah to build an ark and stuff it with animals. It's the same God that told Abraham to take his son up to Mount Moriah and sacrifice. It's the same God that made an Israelite named Moses lift up a rod and part a whole sea. It's the same God that fed a man named Elijah by a few birds. It's the same God that walked and talked with Enoch. It's the same God that was with a young shepherd boy that killed a giant with just a single stone. It's the same God that walked in a fiery furnace among three Hebrew boys because they refused to bow to an idol. It's the same God that shut the lion's mouth in a den with a devout Christian named Daniel. It's the same God that was born of a virgin in an animal pen because there was no room for him in the inn. It's the same God that cleansed the lepers, calmed the storm, and walked on water. It's the same God that healed the demoniacs, made the blind see, and restored the hearing to the deaf. It's the same God that fed 5,000 people and their families with five bread and two fishes. It's the same God tonight that raised Lazarus from the dead. It's the same God that after he did all these nice things and all these miracles, all these good deeds, lived a sinless life and was arrested in the middle of the night and took, taken before the Sanhedrin. It's the same God that was battered, bruised, dehydrated and exhausted and despite all of that was taken across a place called Jerusalem and in response to the cries of the mob he was exchanged for a thief called Barabbas and condemned to face scourging and penalty that Barabbas had to face it's the same God tonight that was stripped of his clothing made a prisoner and had his hands tied on a post above his head and was beaten by a Roman legionnaire with a heavy whip that was brought down with full force time and time again across his shoulders, his backs, and his legs. It's the same God that while he was half fainted, when he was untied, he was allowed to slump on a stony ground in the pool of his own blood. It's the same God that they threw a robe across his shoulders and made him a crown of flexible branches covered with thorns and pressed it, in his, in it into his scalp. It's the same God that had a heavy beam of a cross tied across his shoulders and was condemned with two thieves. And whilst carrying that wood beam up to a place called Golgotha, he stumbled and fell on the ground. It's the same God that they drove some long, square, iron nails through his hands and his feet deep into that wooden beam. It's the same God that had a sign that was on top of the post that he hung that read this is the king of the Jews and was left to hang on that beam with his arms in fatigue, with his feet nailed to that wood, great waves of crumbs squaring through his body and his muscles being in deep, relentless and throbbing pain. It's the same God that with one last surge of strength, he pressed his torn feet against those nails, strengthened his legs, 
took a deep breath and uttered the seventh and last cry. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. It's the same God that apparently to make sure that he was dead, a Roman legionnaire took a spear and drove it through his side and immediately came gushing out blood and water. The doctor stopped the one woman and said to her, I have heard this story before. I know who you are talking about. You are referring to Jesus. He was killed a long time ago. And wait, you mean all this time? You have been trusting and telling me and relying on this God that is dead. Woman, how could you be so foolish, so dumb and so insane? You have made much more a fool out of me, having me to sit down here and listen to you about your condition and you replied but God, but this God, but that God, but your God is dead your Jesus is dead and the young lady picked up her Bible that she always had with her and she took him to the book of Acts chapter 13 and she said doctor I have explained everything to you about Jesus I am very happy you did understand but permit me to show you one verse from the Bible and it's verse 30 Verse 30, Acts 1 3, verses 3 0. And it says in seven words, some of the best seven words in the whole book. But God raised him from the dead. The high priest that participated in the killing of Jesus thought he was dead. The young lady said, The Sadducees thought he was dead. The Pharisees thought he was dead. The Roman governor thought he was dead. Pilate thought he was dead. Herod thought he was dead. The Roman soldiers that crucified him thought he was dead. The Jewish people thought he was dead. The world thought he was dead. Even the devil thought he was dead. But God raised him from the dead. Amen. The young lady said he lives. He lives and he lives forevermore. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, my fear is gone. Because he lives, I know he holds my life. He holds the future. Life is worth living just because he lives. And life is even worth dying because he lives. You can go ahead, doctor, do what you have to do. I may seem crazy. I may seem dumb. I may seem unresponsive. I may seem unconcerned. But my God was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And with his stripes, I will be healed. The young lady was then taken to have that surgery done. I know this message is more for believers. I would like to encourage everyone here, no matter what you may be going through tonight, whatever you are facing, God is still in control. And just to top that off, I just like, I show everybody here know about Joseph. Right? Joseph was sold into slavery by his own brothers. Acts 7 9 says, and the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him. Whatever you are going through tonight, it may not be something good, it may not be something that is happy, but remember Joseph went from the pit to Potiphar's house to prison and then in palace. Right? Whatever happened, God meant it for good. And then if you are here tonight and you have never yet trusted in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, which I have just explained, if you are here and all you know is that Jesus came to this earth and died, and you know no more, 
and you know nothing about his resurrection, then if you, are, if you die right now, you would spend eternity in hell. You're on a downward road that leads to hell. You are doomed for death in a place where the devil and those without belief in Jesus Christ would be tormented forever and ever. But there is hope. For the Bible says, but God commended his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If you haven't trusted Jesus tonight, do so tonight. Amen.